0: McRae and I'm here with the man with his finger on uh, the football transfer window pulse. That's Duncan Castles. Um, we're having a quick look today at the latest breaking news on Manchester United and their uh, possible pursuit of Gareth Bale, and then we'll use that as an opportunity to have a, a deeper look at United and what's going on with the old Trafford club uh, in this transfer window and how it's likely to play out as we approach the new season. So, Duncan, um, you've had a big uh, story today on the uh, record website. Uh, Do you want to tell us what the latest developments are on Gareth Bale and uh, Manchester United?
1: Yeah, look, essentially the story is that that Madrid have put Gareth Bale on the market. Um, But... It doesn't look like Manchester United are going to take that opportunity to sign the player, a player they've pursued for. <laughs> it feels like every summer since um, since the one he left uh, Tottenham Hotspur to go to Spain. Um, there are a couple of issues basically that are are um, stopping or hindering Manchester United's attempt to get the player or chance to, or opportunity to take the player this, this summer. The first is that that Jose Mourinho just doesn't feel that Bale wants to go. Um, as is his, his way, he, um, he, Mourinho very extensively researches um, the players that he wants. He, he proposes to a club to bring in. And the groundwork had been done to see if Bale would go to Manchester United this summer and, and Bale essentially just blanked all, which, which Mourinho talked about um, earlier this week. But the second factor is um, is the cost involved um, and the, the problem there is that Mourinho just doesn't feel that United have are prepared to invest the, the kind of cash that would be involved to take a player who went to Madrid for a world record tar- transfer and although Madrid want to sell him, he won't be sold on the cheap. And also the the salary involved, because Bale is the the second highest paid player at Real Madrid. So you're looking at a very expensive deal at a time when Mourinho is struggling to get United to finance uh, much cheaper deals, relatively much cheaper deals for uh, the the midfielder uh, and the um, second line attacker he's proposed signing um, for several months now.
0: So we should probably—I mean, there's a couple. Oh, there's more than a couple of parts to that. To that, the first, the first part really is, you know, seems like Mourinho uh, got a, a negative uh, kind of reaction from his initial approach, but that was prior to uh, Mbappe's proposed move to Madrid. And if 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 Real Madrid are now thinking that they will have to move Bale on to accommodate Mbappe, then. Presumably that would have an impact on how Bale is thinking about his future in Madrid and whether it lies elsewhere.
1: Yeah, that, that's the scenario. It's um, This is being driven by Madrid's attempt to get uh, Kylian Mbappe, which we reported on the record um, a couple of days ago. They are prepared to pay €180 million euros for him, um, but they're in a three-way fight to get a signature. So Manchester City are also prepared to to go to that that level to to sign the player, as are Paris Saint-Germain. Madrid are ahead in the negotiations, but a key element for them is to convince Mbappe that he will get lots of playing time there and it's good for his career. So, they have said, right, we will shift one of our um, star forwards um, out of the club, make room for you, and the one they've uh, selected is Bale. So it's very much being forced upon Gareth Bale, and um, obviously, if you're you know a player of his status, when a club decides to put you on the market, it's not you know it's not the, the, the scenario you want. You want to be driving your own moves, not have them forced upon you um, by the club you're supposed to be a superstar for.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's all very well, Bale, maybe. Digging his heels in, but if you, if Madrid don't want him, then he's he's going to end up leaving because plenty of other clubs do. Am I right?
1: I don't think so. Um, I particular. Well, look, he's got he. Whichever club wants him, and there probably will be other suitors for him. And Manchester City have been floated as as one of the the other suitors if they don't get him. back. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure about that one myself. Um, but they're in the at least in the they have the dimension of cash available to do a deal like that. But you know, player player of that that status is extremely hard to move. You just you just got to look at the trouble Manchester United have had in moving out far lower status players since Mourinho came there. You know, last summer he he would have let five or six of the guys who who were retained as squad members go if he'd been able to sell them but when you're a player who's at a club like Manchester United and the club wants to sell you it's very rare you go to even a club of equivalent level so you're you're effectively saying you're effectively recognizing that your your career's not going well and and players don't like taking those steps you know they're 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 also unlikely to get a pay rise if the if the club that's um that a club is actively trying to sell them as opposed to them being chased by um, a, a suitor who wants to bring them there.
0: Yeah, I mean, a, a transfer of that scale, I suppose, once it's someone coming out of the big two in Spain, it's highly highly unlikely that it's a, he's going to end up in Barcelona, obviously. So you're really looking at the two Manchester clubs, Paris Saint-Germain, who else? You, you can't see Bayern Munich doing a deal like that.
1: No, I don't think Bayern Munich would go for him at this stage of his career. And, you know, there, there's, there's a factor here, which is, you know, one of the reasons Madrid are prepared to let the guy go is he hasn't quite been delivering in terms of amount of time on the pitch and making an effect in important games, be, even being avail- available for important games. I was going through the statistics on his four years at um, Madrid for the piece I did for the record. And the most starts he's made in a Liga season is 30. Um, he's averaging 31 starts in total between La Liga and Champions League games per season. And that's, you know, that's really, it's not good enough for a club that's in, um, you know, the best part of 100 million euros to sign the guy and on top of that, is is paying him um, over well over ten million euros a year net as a salary. So you you've got to be careful when you take a player like that. And saying
0: that, though, <laughs> I mean, if Manchester United, as we understand it, are, are keen to add an attacking uh, new dimension to their play, which um, you know, we we'll go into that in a bit more detail later. But if Neymar's already con, uh, considered to be on the market and and being and going to uh, PSG by the sound of things, if Mbappe is uh, looks like he might move to Madrid and Bale becomes available, then I mean he must tick almost every box that Jose Mourinho has open for that vacancy. Um, and his squad he that he's hoping to fill. I can I, I can hardly think on a player that would be above him on the list. Is that
1: fair? Look, he's a player that, that Mourinho has admired for a long time. He's a player that Mourinho has, as I said, done work on to see if he'd be prepared to go to Manchester United. So, yeah, he's high on the list. But um, if the club aren't prepared to finance the deal, um, if the club are saying you've got a set budget um, to deal with the problems you feel you've got in the squad this summer and one of those problems is t- is to sign a a balancing holding midfielder and the other is to get a second line attacker in um, and he doesn't have enough budget to do both um, w- looking at cheaper players like Perisic and Matic for example, then Will he have? Will he be given enough budget to do Gareth Bale in one go? Yeah, perhaps Ed Woodward would love to do that deal. In fact, you know, Ed Woodward's talked many times about I would love to bring a a, a superstar status player in like that. But what this makes you question is how much control uh, Ed Woodward has in driving these deals, because ultimately they've got to be sanctioned by the owners of the club, and if the owners of the club feel that the transfer market business is too expensive this summer and they say no, then they don't happen. So
0: I suppose that takes us on to where United are in terms of the squad and approaching a new season. You know, if they if he wants two players, um, you know, a new holding midfielder, as you say, plus an attacking uh, player to fit into probably a front three. Um is that going to be enough, do we think, to turn United from a team that didn 't finish in the top four to challenge him for the title because when you look at the current squad that those aren 't the only holes I would suggest in it no. um, you know
1: no, no I, I agree and and you know I take you back to a piece we did in the record in November, which was had looked at that squad after he'd worked with the squad saw the players not just as what they were capable of doing in the field but what they were like as personalities what what their attitude was to winning losing drawing he had come to the conclusion that he needed four or five top-level additions to make them competitors for the Champions League now where are we now He's, he's managed to add two of those five yeah, positions.
0: But, but, but let's not get too carried away with the two that he's got. I mean, he's lost so far. Um, Zlatan is gone and he's mm-hmm. been replaced with Lukaku. I know who I think is the better player and it's not the guy who's currently at United. So you've lost your main goal threat, replaced them with, you know, a decent uh, centre-forward, but... Doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to have you challenge him, certainly for the Champions League. Um, so I don't think there's any improvement there. They've spent a lot of money to go backwards. Um, I would argue. Tell me if I'm wrong. It's happened before. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. Look, and uh, and when when uh, when I wrote that piece in November, Ibrahimovic was selected to stay. The plan was that Ibrahimovic would do another year. Um, Marcus Rashford would be brought through given more playing time and and developed as the future number one centre forward at Manchester United um, in tandem with Ibrahimovic and the four or five players with positions and and the top level player improvements would go elsewhere Um, so they've been forced into the market to buy a centre forward and they've been forced into the market to buy a centre forward when the very best centre forwards aren't available so, and they've also been forced into a market where Chelsea were competing for, for centre-forwards. So, one of the, we all know one of the players they, they tried hard to get was Alvaro Morata, who you had worked with in the past. Um, and they didn't manage to get him, and they ended up going for Lukaku. And, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think either of those players... Are absolute top level. So you sign them. You ha- you pay the price that you have to pay in the current market, which is very high, and you sign them in the expectation that you can develop them into being top level, to be a guy like Ibrahimovic who who decides key games. But you know that they're not at that level at this stage.
0: So if you if you look at the starting front three, um, I think well, obviously they got. Uh, they got beat by Barcelona, and it, I, I haven't seen a game, I have to confess, but it sounds, from all reports, like they were uh, got a bit of a going over by Barcelona. Um, and the front three started last night, I think, was Lukaku, Rashford, and Mkhitaryan. Um I don't think United have had far f- many fewer... many. <laughs> I'll say that again. I don't I'm not sure if United have had a weaker front attacking force in the Premier League either. Now, maybe some Manchester United fans will be scoffing at that, but you know, if you think back to when Eric Cantona arrived um in ninety at the tail end of ninety two, I think. Um, and he had Mark Hughes, Andy Kinshelskis, a young Ryan Giggs. And you go right through the Cantona era to when Sheridan arrived, Ole Gunnar Jar, um, Andy Cole, Dwight York. And you've still got players like Giggs, obviously. Beckham uh, feeding those strikers. Then you get to uh, Rud van Nistelrooy, um, Diego Forlan, who didn't do so well at United. Then there's the rival of Ronaldo. There's a the rival of Wayne Rooney. It goes on and on. You, you, there's the arrival of Robin van Persie. Um, I think you know. There's maybe a couple of seasons. Obviously, Carlos Tevez, uh, Dimitar Berbatov. Around about maybe two thousand yeah. and nine, ten. You could argue uh, that was a wasn't as great as some of the lineups, but I don't think this attacking lineup uh, stands the test against the teams that United's recent success has been built on. Now, why wouldn't they want to add Gareth Bale to that is the question, I suppose. Do they really want to win?
1: Yeah. Well, like, we can go back to Bale again and we can say that Mourinho would like to add him in an ideal world, but he doesn't want it. He doesn't want to waste time as he put it chasing something that's not going to happen and you know madrid like to take their transfers right down to the wire um and and for mourinho as he said several times in this pre-season the earlier he gets the player in the better because he can get them he can work on their fitness he can avoid the risk of injuries by having them in his training camp early and working under his training regime which is you know absolute world class and he can get them in, in integrated into the tactical systems he wants to use as early as possible so he he wants to avoid these late late deals as to your point of how good the attack is i think it's better than the attack that um van Gaal had um you know once rooney went into decline which is you know basically 2013 which is why ferguson wanted to kick him out of the club and why david Moyes made a huge mistake in retaining him and giving him a new contract, and, and leaving United with years of of dealing with the the repercussions of that in terms of behaviour within the squad and the standards he standards he was setting, um, and just a you know a decline. You know, having a striker who was a, a key line striker and club captain who was a declining force. Um, I think it's better than that. I don't think it's as good as last season. Um, you know, obviously the hope was to go into this season with Ibrahimovic still there and then to sign a player like Griezmann um, to further strengthen that attack while having Rashford there. And, and you know, I don't think anyone would argue that that's a better proposition than what they've got. What I can tell you is that Mourinho sees Lukaku as a far more mature and rounded player than he was when he had him at Chelsea. So he's pleased with his response and he's pleased with his work in the early weeks. But uh, you know, again, this is a personal point of view. But Lukaku, for all his pace, he struggles to play offside properly. You know, gets caught off offside almost as often as Ibrahimovic did last season. And Ibrahimovic got caught offside because he couldn't run. You know, he was he was always playing on the edge of the line to try and try and make up for his lack of pace whereas Lukaku's got pace to burn and doesn't need to do that he's also not brilliant at at bringing other guys into play but what he does offer you is a is a very powerful strong front man who has got an eye for goal and and we know that that's in teams he likes having that option at least the option to play that way against certain opponents because that's the way to to defeat certain opponents and you know something something we should probably brought up earlier when we're talking about whether this this team is capable of winning the league if you look at what Mourinho's been saying in America he's being very careful with his comments he's saying yes this squad is better yes we're in a better position to challenge for the Premier League but he's not saying this squad is one that will win the Premier League he's saying it's going to be a hard season and it's improved and when he talks about the Champions League, he, he's basically saying we're a long way off being at the same level as the top teams for the Champions League.
0: Well, let's let's look at the lineup. Um, you know, if if you take it that every top side wants two top class players in each position, really, that would be the sort of rule of thumb, I suppose. They've got a fantastic goalkeeper and and De Gea, obviously, and you know. You couldn't have any complaints. I to
1: keep. Sorry, yeah, they really managed there? to keep which is a big big task for this summer as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So and and you know, Sergio Romero is a perfectly good number two goalkeeper, I would I would venture.
1: Um yeah, agreed.
0: So you go to the fullbacks, um, first choice would be Valencia. Uh Yep. And I suppose you would say second choice, Darmian.
1: Probably. Um, you just got to look at the way he used the fullbacks last season. The only one who was consistently used was Valencia. Everyone else yeah. has moved around and shuffled, and depending on the opponents, depending on the tactics, depending on the player's condition, and and that's one of the that's why one of the positions he would have improved if he if he had the budget and the opportunity was fullback. You know, in but an ideal world, there would be a new fullback in
0: there. I don't have a problem with right back. So, I mean, I'm not saying Valencia is a world beater at a fullback position, but he's 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 perfectly serviceable, and and I don't think he's would look at him as a weak link in that lineup. Um, sure, you could improve on him, but Valencia does a good job for United. He's well liked by the the support. I think. Um, I think we can I think we can be content with the right back position when you get to left back there's obviously some issues because you've know, <laughs> got a very expensive player that Mourinho seems to have problems with and Luke Shaw who's not really delivered in that um early promise and, it, and uh, inflated price tag you got Rojo who played a lot in center back last season until he got injured yeah. um and seemed to improve greatly uh, as the season went on um but he's injured as well so you're you're looking at starting as they did last night with Daly blind as as left back and i mean yeah. i i like Blind i think he's a a a good player um you know a role player who clearly's got a good understanding of the game and can slot into almost any position across in this you know in the back half of the of the of the lineup, but he's not—he's not going to be the guy that ties up somebody like Eden Hazard or Willian, is he?
1: No, Daley Bloom's not a left back, and he's not a centre back. He's a—he's—he's he's a holding midfielder. He's a very good passer of the ball. He's very tactically intelligent. Who is capable of playing those positions? Mm-hmm. But they—they they are not his best positions, and you know. Before he even came to England, I've got a good friend who, who works at Ajax and a big admirer of Daly. And every time we talked about it, Daly he said, no, his best position is centre midfield. That's his real position. So when you watch him playing for all, Netherlands in the World Cup, we were talking at the time, saying you know, he had a good game against whoever, saying, yeah, that's a good game. But what you want to see him playing centre midfield, that's what he should be.
0: So do you need to spend £50 on Matic when you've got Daily Blind sitting there?
1: Well, he's not that good, is he?
0: And Michael Carrick.
1: Carrick. Michael Carrick, looking at the game time the players have had in the Premier League last season, which is a good indicator of of how Mourinho rates the players. And and Carrick was number 10 in terms of uh, minutes played in the Premier League, which is purely a reflection of his age. Um, and the number of games he can play in a season. So Daley daily blind is is a good backup, but is he a is he a starter for Manchester United in centre midfield? Clearly, he's not because even Louis van Gaal didn't start him consistently. Louis van Gaal loved him, didn't start him consistently at centre yeah. midfield, best position for Man United. So that tells you that. <laughs> In an ideal world, you you probably have him as a utility player backup, not okay. not as your 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 starter. And Luke Shaw, yeah, if Luke Shaw wasn't injured at the moment, I would put good money that Luke Shaw would have been would have been sold to another English club by now, and the money reinvested in, like, but they can't sell him because he's he he can't play.
0: It doesn't look like a left back is on the cards for this window, at least. Um, it looks like someone no, that, that the that, that, squad will, will be playing a yeah. left-back.
1: That, that's the compromise that's been made because you know, you've got Jose saying, I wanted four absolute definite in for this season and the four were uh, centre-forward, which was forced upon them, second-line attacker, centre-back, which they've bought and a holding midfielder. He'd also, in an ideal world, would have had five, which would be a full back. But that's that was dumped early on because of the injuries and and the limitations on the budget.
0: Okay, so let's go to centre back. Um, you know, we signed Eric Bailey Bailly, um last season. I think everyone that uh, pays close attention at United would agree he was a he was a great signing and, and uh, very happy. Uh, with him in the middle of defence, obviously he's now yeah. signed Lindelof as a potential partner for him. But again, I haven't seen the game, but things didn't appear to go well for him last night.
1: Yeah, look, it's it's pre-season. It's you know the guys just arrived at the club. They're 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 training games. They're training games. That's how Mourinho sees them. They're. they're Elements of his preparation to get the team ready to play in proper games, and and he always says that, you know, <laughs> it was quite an amusing comment after the game last night, which is which I'm, I'm sure every every um, fan who who likes to to go after Mourinho wow. will have will have uh, latched upon, which he was saying it, it it's it's always a good thing if you lose. Is that um, your when, dog in the background? <laughs> it is my dog in the background. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Seems to be agreeing with the uh, with your opinion on uh on Josie Mourinho. <laughs> yeah,
1: she's oh, no. a Mourinho. She's a Mourinho fan as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, you were
1: saying. Um what was I saying? I've forgotten now I'm listening to the dog barking, working working out who she's barking you we're talking about
0: bit, uh <laughs> pre uh, preseason games and how they're training games and how players respond to them.
1: Yeah, I know. I was just uh, Mourinho's comment after the game last night. The first thing he said was he always liked to lose a game in pre-season because it was a good part of the preparation, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is one of the one of the classic um, post-match Mourinho comments, which I'm sure uh, <laughs> will have gone down well with Manchester City or Chelsea fans, for example.
0: Well, look, you're um, right. It's, too, it's far too early to, to write off Lindelof when he hasn't played a, a competitive game yet. Um, I mean, I remember when Yap uh, Stam signed, and he, he got caught out in that World Cup. Um, which World Cup was it? I think it was the Germany World Cup that Stam arrived afterwards, and he got caught out for the Dutch team. Um, could it, could that be right? Was it the Germany World Cup? No. Got the wrong sure. one anyway. Um, anyway, he uh, I sort of remember Sir, Sir Alex was on a TV panel uh commenting on the game, and Terry Venables was and and snitches laughing at him because he you know getting him to back this uh centre back he'd signed, but obviously that turned out to be a decent sign. And so we'll wait and see um how Mr. Lindelof gets on. Um, and obviously. Yeah,
1: and, look, Vidic took a long time to establish himself as a really top centre-back for Manchester United as well. I think people forget that. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, and, and even other positions. You know, Didier Drogba was, wasn't flavour of the month when he first arrived at Chelsea for a long time and became the best striker they've ever had. So, yeah, it's not uncommon. What I would say is, one, I don't think Bayes played with Lindelof yet in pre-season and obviously that's the partnership you're looking to build for for the um for the coming season so you've got to see the two of them together and the second is that um you know there were three names proposed as potential center backs and united have probably gone for the cheapest of option or certainly they've them for a, a very reasonable price in the current market so you know Linda lost the guy. the, the people I, I talked to in Portugal about him say he's a real talent, but there are definite areas of his game that need to be developed and To be fair, Bai was absolutely the same description of him when he came in. Different, different aspects of him were very good, and different aspects of him needed to be worked on. but he, had, he went above all expectations, not just from the club but also from the people that knew Bai well and, and were involved in bringing him to the club and uh, bringing him to Spanish football in the first place. They were surprised by how, how well he adapted and how quickly he got to grips with the Premier League. So, you know, it'll take time. But one other thing I, w- I would want to mention is, in terms of when we're talking about limitations in the budget, to be fair to Manchester United, we, are, we have got a window in which prices are exponentially higher than I think anyone could have expected so if they have said this is how much you can spend in this window and then they start getting involved in negotiations and the prices of all the players they try to sign are 25 percent or more higher than they expected then you know there's obviously a problem there and a difficulty which which you have to question whether you can solve within within proper financial constraints which some of their competitors don't have at the moment
0: okay um I was only eight years out on Yapstam, who uh, <laughs> signed after the French World Cup. It was a European World Cup. They all blend into one when you get to my age. Um, and, you,
1: and you're the Manchester United fan here. As I was, well. I was
0: at both of those World Cups as well. That's a problem. Um, so we move into, well, we, we look at their backup. We've still got uh, Chris Small and Phil Jones are uh, part of that squad. You've got Rojo; it can uh, did reasonably well. So there's decent secondary cover in the in the centre of defence. But um, I suppose we it's a wait and see how Lindelof goes really um, before we can cast any judgment on that. Um, and then we've got one of these key positions as the holding midfielder. Um, You've discussed Daily Blend. Michael Carrick, uh, I would suggest, is still the best passer of a a football in the squad at the moment, but he's uh, getting on in years. So they're really looking to replace him. Is Matic really fit to lace his boots?
1: Well, Matic's a different kind of midfielder, isn't he? He's a more more physical, more powerful... um, more energetic midfielder he's he's tall he yeah. You know when, when he's focused when he's playing well as he was in the, the season when he finished the premier league off by january february um i think you could argue he was the best midfielder in the premier league that year he's a different kind of midfielder but you you know Mourinho likes having that kind of midfielder in his teams. He wants and 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 you know he, they need it with Paul Pogba because Pogba's instinct is to go forward and to create and to take risks. Um, his instinct isn't to sit in front of the defence and balance the team. He's, le- he's learning to do that. He's improving in that element, but that's um, that's not his forte. Oh, I don't. I don't so, doubt, doubt.
0: They need a they need a, a, a holding midfielder in front of the. Uh, defence um, and I think we'd expect Pogba and Herrera to to sit in front of whoever's in that holding position would you?
1: Yeah look Herrera had a fantastic season and one of the guys who um, I think performed beyond the expectation for United last year um, and responded extremely well to Mourinho's management uh, and, and came on a lot as a player I think because of it um, his I think his forty is box to box. Only you'll you'll do whatever job you want for him, but I think he's a his, his best position is as a box to box midfielder rather than a holding midfielder.
0: Oh yeah, and I mean Carrera is another that's extremely popular with the support. I think as soon as he arrived at Old Trafford, you could tell he responded to the club, but the club responded to him. He just. He seems uh, some guys just click and he seemed to get it as soon as he got there. Um,
1: yes, and I, and I think that's one of the reasons he did so well under Mourinho because he has that winning mentality. Yeah. He has that kind of stubbornness and yeah. <laughs> nastiness to, to do what's required to get a win. Um, and there's no doubt Mourinho likes that kind of player.
0: It's not a busy... Um, Busy position for players. To be honest with you, you've got. Would you include Jesse Lingard in that group?
1: Uh, well, not as a holding midfielder. No, not.
0: no, I'm, I'm talking I'm about the, the centre three.
1: Yeah, he can play in the centre three um, if you need him to, but uh, I think he's better um, in one of the wing positions.
0: Yeah, or, he's got that pace.
1: Or, or you can use him as a number ten because he's got a good eye for goal. But you know he's not he's not ideal for that position. You'd only use him in certain games or certain situations, really, yeah, just to, to get into the box and score or, or put one in from twenty-five yards, whatever.
0: So there you go. To, um, the guy who I watched uh, through the gaps between my fingers, but a um, uh, big Marouan um would be in that mix. And 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 you know he's played the holding midfield role or the one of the further advanced midfield roles as well?
1: Yeah, look, Fellaini solves problems for particular games. I think think one of the reasons Manchester United absolutely dominated the Europa League final, which was, I think we forget, a really difficult task in difficult circumstances with a limited squad. And there was real concern within the camp. they wouldn't win that game and miss out in the Champions League it was huge stakes one of the key reason one of the key reasons they won that game was because of Fellaini's performance in that match and the way he was used as essentially a target man so the the instructions were do not hold the ball around your own penalty area do not allow I to press you, do not allow them to regain the ball close to your box because that's what they thrive on when you get the ball, get it forward to Fellaini as quickly as possible and build attacks off him and he was, I think he was almost flawless in that final brilliant, brilliant performance which um, if you think of what, what had happened in that season if you think how easy it would have been for Mourinho to go with the flow of the moment when he conceded the goal or was responsible for conceding the penalty, ever expensive penalty at Everton, and you know that if if Mourinho had decided to dump Fellaini then, that would have been so well received by Manchester United fans. Um, but instead, he causes it to him. He got his confidence back, and he became a more and more important player as the season went on, and they had fewer bodies to work with. So and again he's, he's also, I think he gave an interview just before the Europa League final where he talked about if, if Mourinho asked me to break my leg for the team I'd do it something along those lines right. it's, it, it, the, the, to have a player with that um, dedication to the cause and um, ability to play in certain roles for certain games is invaluable
0: yeah, he's he's a he's a, a bit be- he's kind of sitting the bench, isn't he? And he'll come on, he'll play in uh less high profile games, possibly giving players a break. Um he's not gonna be starting eleven, um first choice eleven, you would uh, you would have thought. I certainly hope not. Um
1: no special situations and, yeah. and- Times and games when it's appropriate, and matches when it's appropriate.
0: So then we, we've you know we've, I think Pogba and Herrera picked themselves really, <clears throat> and then the front three. As things stand, yeah, I think Romelu Lukaku is going to play a lot of football this year, because there are not I, too I... many options in that um, and at number nine laying the line spot if, if that's how he's going to play and he tends to that's what he tends to do
1: No, he's been signed as a number nine target man centre forward that's that's his role for the team
0: But they don't have another one I mean, you want to class Rashford as a, a number nine yet?
1: Well, Rashford I think is a different kind of number nine um, if you have an opponent who plays high up the field and you want to play balls in behind them like oh, they he, did yeah. when they beat Chelsea um, towards the end of last season. He's perfect for that.
0: Oh, he's lightning. I, th- I love Rashford. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, is he going to start? Is he first choice 11 now? Looking at the players around Lukaku, if you've got two, one either side, is it Rashford and one of Mkhitaryan Mata and Martial?
1: I think Rashford will get a lot of playing time this season. Um, yeah. I know, you know Mourinho rates him really highly. He's, he, he thinks he's got a great attitude, very focused on the game and improving himself. He's technically excellent. Uh, you know, the reason he's not the starting number nine this season is that Mourinho's scared of putting too much weight on his shoulders. And, and understandably so, because being the the, the frontline striker for Manchester United and a team that is going to have to battle to win the Premier League and is open to criticism every time they even you know drop drop draw again, never mind lose again, is a is a is a big big ask. And you've got to have very mature shoulders and a lot of experience to deal with that. And if you if you ask. Um, additionally when you're english you know so you're um you get uh, uh, you know maybe twice three times the media coverage because if you're scoring goals you are the great hope for england you're the guy who's going to finally win an international tournament for them if you're not scoring goals it's oh, we've got to get another striker in it's it's just non-stop so when things are going well great but when things aren't going so well it's it's difficult to deal with and and for his long-term development they think it's better that he not have that pressure on his shoulders. And, you know, that's why look one of the reasons why Lukaku has come in. One of the reasons that, that they will offer Ibrahimovic a new contract for the second half of the season. Um, because he has the absolutely has no worries at all with that kind of level of expectation thrives on it.
0: So, are we surprised that all three of Mata, Mikitarian and Martial who are conveniently all start with M um, are, uh, <laughs> are are we surprised all three of them are still there?
1: Um, I was surprised uh, Mata could have gone last summer but there was it's kind of an indicator of how much work that had to be done with that squad, that he became an important player. Once he, sh- once he, he demonstrated that there were no, there was no kind of grudge over being moved out of Chelsea um, by Mourinho to Manchester United a few years back. Um, you still, you, you can see in the way that Mata was used that you can't start. Mourinho doesn't feel he can start him in every game, and he doesn't feel. That he can use him for 90 minutes very often because he still has the same, same issues with with stamina and ability to go through 90 minutes and ability to put the work in but uh, his attitude has been fantastic and he's he has obvious great skills and ability to break down certain games so so he's he's an important player to him but you know look going back to the number of minutes that um that players had last season Mata's number 10. Terms of Premier League minutes last season, so you know he's only just scraping into the the first team in an inverted commas um, from last season's.
0: Um, well, you would expect if they do go for the likes of Bale to inject into that lineup, somebody like Martial might might have to make the pay the price as Bale is, seems to be paying the price in Madrid. Has Martial been yeah, a success, do we think? I mean, the support seemed to like him. He, you know, he, he he's, he's looked like he's had a decent pre-season. He didn't start last night. Um, he came for a lot of money. Uh, has he delivered?
1: Has he delivered? Um, I think his first season was excellent. Um, but in a struggling team. Uh, the issue with Martial last season was off the field it's not on the field you know um, they're essentially he's a young lad the success people will tell you went to his head his relationship broke up he was enjoying himself um, his status off the field and um, he wasn't focused enough for, for, for Mourinho's liking on, on achieving on the pitch and doing what he was asked to do. Um, so, there potential for Martial to leave the club. Yeah, there's potential. If someone came in with a huge bid for him, then I think they would they would look at that. But there's also a lot of talent there, and um, as you say. He seems to have done well in pre-season, and the the words about him are good. That he's focusing and he's um, he's he's following the right path. If he continues to do that, then yeah, he's going to be an important part of this squad because this squad isn't where Jose Mourinho would like it to be yet.
0: So we've got possibly a new well, we've got a new uh, central defensive partnership to bed in. Um possibly, probably a new holding midfielder in front of them. Um, and who knows if they also add an attacking midfielder, um, attacking winger to that front three. Do we think, let's say that's not Gareth Bale, but somebody like Perisic, is that going to be enough to Turn the squad that uh didn't get in the top four, but obviously at the tail end of the season concentrated on a Europa League last year. Is that enough to turn them into challengers this year? Understanding, of there. course, that Pogba will have a you imagine Pogba to grow this year, Bailey will grow, so you know you would expect them to have better seasons than they did last year.
1: Well look Pogba is having a full pre-season this season you know that that's a huge advantage to start with he's there from the very beginning he's under the fitness regime he's not been playing any international football so he should be in far better conditions um that year of, of having to deal with being the most expensive football in the world you almost certainly won't be the most expensive football in the world anymore which is also going to be a bonus for him so yeah you'd expect a better season from Pogba but when you go through that list one thing strikes me is that we talk about the spine of the team being in ve- very important and you know as you say new centre-back pa- partnership new holding midfielder new centre-forward that's pretty much the spine of the team all changed um mm so you know it's a big ask um and the competition is is, is immense you know the the there is the the you know, Mourinho keeps mentioning keeps reinforcing it he, he likes the setup this season better because all seven of the top seven teams the ones that who've been who've got the best squads and the money are playing european football so that that huge advantage that chelsea and liverpool had um, only playing once a week for most of the season has gone or yeah it should be gone for the season so that that levels things a bit but um you know Conte's got a lot of what he wanted in terms of reinforcing Manchester City huge amount of spending and not finished yet so which which can be a drawback as well a plus because you're you're trying to change a lot of the squad and one go there as well. But in principle both of those teams should be stronger than last season. So, you know, the bar's been raised as well.
0: Okay, well, um we've got a few weeks left of the of the windows, so who knows what might happen. Um Gareth Bale and that lineup could tear anyone apart, I think. So uh we'll wait and see what, what happens as the... uh as we draw towards the uh, start of the season, it's been the uh, Transfer Window podcast. You can find it on iTunes. Uh, you can find it on the Apple Podcast app. You can find it on Audio Boom, and you can download the Audio Boom app to your iPhone or your Android phone. You can find it on the Daily Record social media feeds, and you can probably find it on Duncan's Twitter feed as well um, at Duncan Castles. So we'll be back next week with another big update on what's going on. We'll can update you on United and whoever else is moving and shaking in the transfer window. Until then, thanks very much.